Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at TCKpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Happy to be back with you to round out another week, getting into week eight. We're almost halfway through the NFL season, and we are more than halfway through the fantasy season. It is Friday. You know what that means. We are bringing in Chris Benavides of the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast crew to break down the TCK pod recap from week seven and preview for week eight. Chris, how are you feeling, my man? Dude, what's up, man? I'm, uh, I was, you took the words out of my mouth. I was about to say it's, you know, we're halfway through the season. It's do or die time here, I feel like, in the, in the fantasy community. It is wild. It is wild. I mean, we're actually almost two weeks past uh, because we're yeah. playing primarily 13 weeks, uh, you know, in, in most fantasy formats, at least for the regular season. Then, of course, we have the playoffs. But uh, yeah, man, it is definitely time for those teams up at the top to start really cementing their uh, push to the playoffs and the teams in the bottom to either turn it around or if it's in Dynasty, maybe sell the farm, prepare for next year, get some picks, do what you got to do and and try to turn it around. Chris, before we get into this, it's also a special day. It is Hallow's Eve, so yes. we are looking to have some fun here with, with uh, just a quick, you know, a top three ranking of our of our personal favorite Halloween candies over the years. Before we get into that, man, um, I know you run the podcast with your cousin, your brother. You have the twenty five year long running fantasy league with family and stuff. Traditionally, are you and the boys? Um, are you big? Uh, are you big Halloween people? Do you get dressed up? Do you decorate the house? Obviously, COVID is a totally different situation, but normal years, are you a big dresser-upper? You got the fiancé. I mean, are you are you into it, uh, or are you kind of a, a passerby for Halloween specifically? Yeah, no, so, dude, what's interesting is, obviously, with COVID this year, we're all not really doing much, but, yeah, typically in years past, we're, we're pretty big when it comes to parties with family. So yeah, we get dressed up. We kind of, we go the nine. When I was a kid growing up, my dad used to, uh, we turned the backyard into a giant freaking like graveyard and stuff. So you know, oh, people fun. through and it was like, you know, we had all the, yeah, we had all the characters, you know, that would kind of show up from, from the family and they'd all dress up and scare the shit out of kids. So yeah, it was a good time, <laughs> man. Ha- Halloween's big on our, in our family, basically anytime, anytime we can get like a, like a family, you know, get together of sorts that it tends to be a big situation in, uh, you know, around my neck of the woods. So um, yeah, man, um, it's, uh, What's that? Oh yeah. I was just saying that sounds, that sounds a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. um, are, are you, uh, as far as dressing up and, and celebrating and stuff, are you a haunted house fan uh, or are you, are you not into haunted houses? No, I am actually. Yeah. So it's funny. I, it's, it's a love hate relationship. I, I don't like to be scared, but I like the human element of it in a sense, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like, I feel like you have to have a bit of fear uh, for you know, with a good movie uh, situation, you know, around Halloween to make it complete. So I definitely don't mind it. Let's say that. Sure, fair enough. I, on the other hand, uh, I've dressed up. You know, I played in a band for ten years around the country, and we play pretty much every Halloween. Of course, not this year, uh, but we've had some really awesome group co- uh, group 
um costumes we were the mario party uh one year there you go. um and uh my basie and i were mario and luigi and he's like a foot taller than i am so it was pretty good uh we were um different girl scout cookies uh and we made a <laughs> we made a, co- a costume out of those which was pretty good uh we've done a lot of a lot of cool shit over the years um, that's awesome i'm i'm not one for uh haunted houses though man my brother and i got traumatized when i was a kid in the oh, bay area yeah. if, if anybody's from the bay area there was an old um like a boarding school for boys and they emptied that out and it's no longer a, a, a school they transitioned it into this like haunted house and it is legit like the scariest shit i've ever been in and it was That's my funny. dream as a kid to go there i was too young we finally went yeah my brother and i literally stood in line for an hour to get into this place we were in the building for like 38 seconds bro and I was screaming so much. We like found a <laughs> trap door and had to get escorted out. I was like 10 years old, never went back. And uh, I have zero interest in uh, being, being frightened. So that's funny, man. <laughs> not, yeah. That's, that's not awesome. really my jam. I'm, I'm down for a dress up. Uh, I'm not down for the haunted house vibes, but well, yeah, I know. I would say on a lighter, uh, this is interesting that you're, t- we're talking about this, dude. I feel like Halloween crept up on us here. So on a lighter note, one thing that we were going to do with the commission crew, so I think we've talked about it, but if you didn't know anything about, you know, if, you, if, if you're sort of new to the commission crew and you haven't really turned into our pod, we talk about this uh, every every so often, but in Scott, we've talked about this as far as music goes. My family, we're actually, we're, we're how do I explain this? We're in a barbershop quartet, all right? So mm-hmm. we actually have a singing background. And one thing we wanted to do, we might do this anyways, but not drop it for Halloween. We're thinking about doing the Anchorman skit when they sing Afternoon Delight and they're Love dressed it. up in the character set. We're actually going to do that. We were going to do it for Halloween, but it kind of crept up on us. So we just have time to practice. So yeah, we'll eventually do it at some point if, uh, you know, just kind of add some humor to, uh, to the fantasy community. Well, once you get a one, you're already over a hundred episodes on the uh, commission crew. Once you get up to 200, maybe you can refresh the intro. And uh, yeah. you could throw in, <laughs> throw in the barber, the barber quartet then. Yeah, That's a fun. exactly. Awesome, man. Let's do something, uh, uh, another quick little fun thing here for Halloween theme. And then we'll get into the TCK uh, wrap up of last week and the preview of week eight here. Uh, Chris, I would like to hear, and we'll alternate here. We'll go from three to one. So I'd like you to tell everybody your third favorite traditional Halloween candy. That could be something you had when you were a kid something maybe you have now, maybe it's not a candy at all. Uh, but in general, what is your third favorite Halloween treat? Yeah. So I feel like my rankings change every year, uh, ironically enough, when it comes to candy bars, I would say falling in at the third spot, <clears throat> my ADP ranking is going to have to be the Kit Kat this year. Kit oh, Kat's falling it. in, Kit Kat's co- coming in number three. It actually bumped out the Reese's. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. I, I, I don't have, I don't have Kit Kat on my list uh, because I feel very passionate about the other three, but it's an easy four. Uh, Kit mm. Kat is, it's a, it's a staple in our house year round. So I feel like it's not necessarily more special at Halloween. That's maybe why it didn't make it in, but uh, I am, I'm a sucker for Kit Kats. Fun fact, uh, my daughter's best friend just had a be- uh, birthday party recently. And for her birthday, uh, the daughter made her a giant Kit Kat of there other Kit Kats and it was literally a fucking brick <laughs> of Kit Kat. That's, that's uh, awesome. I'll have to find a picture. My number three is uh, caramel apple pops. I think a little bit underrated, not chocolate, um, not nutty at all. It's just, a, it's a sucker. But I remember in school, that was like the only time I could find them and uh, really enjoyed a good caramel apple pops. So that's number three. How about number two for you? All right. So typically number two is Snickers for me, but Snickers is dropping to number five. In the oh, ADP wow. rankings. Wow, off the bat Twix, on that. Twix, Twix is jumping to number two this year. For some reason, I'm fucking in love with Twix. 
Twix makes sense. And again, with Kit Kat, it would be in my top three if it wasn't so normalized in my house. Sure, I go to yeah. the store. I go to the store. You're at the checkout counter. They have the fucking candies the buy three for a yeah. dollar or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, that kind of thing. Buy two, get one three. It's always a Kit Kat, a Snickers and an M&M. So that's just what it is. So I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm huge on Kit Kat and Twix. Um, but uh, at number two, I'm going to go with the Snickers. Um, I hear you. Yeah. And, I don't blame and you. it's just, it's, it's tried and true. It's consistent. Um, I know exactly what I'm going to get. You got nougat, you got caramel, you got chocolate, you got nuts. Uh, it's and bite size specifically. Cause I could get five or six yeah. of them in there in a handful. So I'm going to go with those number one, uh, most appreciated Halloween yeah. candy. So it's the same as last year. We did this last year. Uh, and it's my dark horse. Number one, every single season. It never lets me down is the take five unbelievable i mean that's yes it's a not often do you have a sleeper at number one yeah it is it is absolutely my sleeper it's got all the things i like in a uh in a snickers bar but it's got the pretzel which is a huge difference and i'm Mm. a big crunch guy i'm a big crunch guy and i think that's why the twix made it into my number two this year because i I don't i just like the crunch and the take five's got everything the snickers has plus the crunch which is that's the key so with the crunch, then you're probably fading. I would imagine maybe a baby Ruth, maybe a Milky Way, something yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Milky Way, Three Musketeers. Yeah. Th- those guys round off my bottom. Understood. At number three, I'm going to follow you up on the crunch. I got to go with just, I mean, and this might be just basic. This is like maybe the CMC of, of, <laughs> of candies. It's the peanut M&M. I mean, okay. here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's easily the best M&M of the 39 different varieties. Secondly, it's shareable. Okay. You mm. got kids. It's Halloween. You have parties. You could put it in a bowl. You could crush a bag by yourself. Different colors. Love that. I get different personalities. And my uh, girls are allergic to nuts. I'm not. So it's one of my, it's one of my few you kind of uh, <laughs> pleasures in life. I get a whole bag yeah. to myself and I'm not worried about uh, the take if I lay it down. You know what I mean? Like a Twix yeah, bar totally. or a Kit Kat, that thing's gone. If I let it go, it's it's not going to be there when I get back at peanut M&Ms. I feel safe. I'm more comfortable there. So I like mm-hmm. to have the, the steady consistency at number one. Yep. So once again, I had caramel apple pops, bite-sized Snickers and peanut M&Ms. Chris, one more time. You're the top three. I got Kit Kat, Twix, take five. Very, very good. All right, my man, maybe we should talk about some football now. Let's get into this <laughs> week seven recap here. Big week. A lot of things are starting to turn. Let me go through the rookie standing so far. Josh, the commission representative, holding strong up at the top here, six and one still. Jay Care also very, very good at six and one. Dweez Nuts, the commission, or excuse me, the uh, TCK representative, right behind them at five and two. Ulysses B Funk at four and three. Weston, Mamba Forever, Wolfpack, Megatron, Wagon, all at three and four. Sack Attack at two and five. And Shep still has not gotten off the Schneid at zero oh and seven, unfortunately. All right, let's get into the recaps of last week. Um, we had some uh, we had some big mix-up here, so I want to just roll through these quick uh, scores here. Dweez got another victory, 126-96 over Wolfpack. Ulysses, a big 100-point victory over Wagon, 173-70. to Josh, another big win here up at the top, 151-133 to over Sack Attack. Mamba Forever, 141 to 113 over Weston. Weston was 3-0. and He's unfortunately gone 0-4 the last four weeks, and Mamba has kind of gone the other direction, started at 0-3, has gone 3-1 and since. Good turnaround there. 
Jake Hare keeps at six and one, 143 to 111 over B Funk. And Shep gets beat up one more time by Megatron, 121 to 97. Let's get into week eight here. We'll start with Dweez and Shep. Again, Dweez at five and two, Shep at 0 and seven. Shep has already had 10 points from Todd Gurley. We'll start with Dweez. He's got Derek Carr, Melvin Gordon, Jarek McKinnon, Darius Slayton, Travis Fulgham, Travis Kelsey, Cooper Cup, and Justin Jefferson. Yeah, solid lineup. I think the only change I'd make here is obviously the Jarek McKinnon move. Uh, I think the reports came out. He's got tired legs. So, yeah, it's not really something you, you want to hear from your running back. <laughs> he, do, he does have Jermichael Hasty sitting on the bench. So, I would imagine that whenever the report comes out that he's able to make that yeah. proper proper move there. So, I know he'll be on it. Let's go to the other side here with Shep. He's, again, already got uh, 18 carries, 46 yards, and a touchdown from Todd Gurley. Before I get into this, I posted on Twitter during the game, I'm a little past my prime as far as, like, uh, professional athlete physique. I'll put it that way. I think, though, Chris, you and I both could get at least 20 yards on 10 carries in the NFL. What do you think? I think in the slop, too, especially. That was definitely doable. Come on. You can just dive forward a couple of times. You get two yards every carry. Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, 10 carries for 20 yards in the first half. It was driving me absolutely fucking bananas, as y'all would say. It was it was nuts. All right, going forward here, Cam Newton up against the Bills without Nikhil Harry. Todd Gurley already went for 10, Le'Veon Bell. I like the Adam Humphreys play here, A.J. Green, Darren Waller, Juju, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, interesting lineup. A lot of uh, a lot of older names there. Um, man, I don't know about the Cam Newton play. I think Jules isn't playing either. Is that correct? He, I think no, he, he is out as well. He's out as well. Yes. I don't know who the hell Cam's in the throw to. I mean, maybe that's a plus because he's going to have to run the whole time. It's like a wildcat formation situation. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, game to watch for the Pats. But, I mean, the Bills defense really haven't been that good this year, especially against the run. So, maybe, you know, maybe they're going to, you know, come up with a bunch of wildcats for Cam and he's going to have to suck it up. But they don't have really to throw to. So, I don't know what, I don't know what they're going to do. I do agree. Demir Bird. Yeah, Demir yeah. Bird, who's coming out of nowhere, the unsung hero for the receiving core of the Pats. Patriots, Patriots looking, looking for some help here. Uh, mm-hmm. He does have Nick Chubb and Michael Thomas still on the bench. There is an outside shot that Michael Thomas plays this he week. He just I, got ruled out, I think. Yeah. Oh, he, he did officially since. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Like little, like uh, honestly, dude, like in the, in the last 10 minutes of us talking. Okay. There we go. Yeah. I had just so. checked right before the podcast, <laughs> but uh, I missed it. So good, uh, yeah. good, good recon there. So, okay. Well, he's out too. Unfortunately, Traquan Smith is on his roster though. He should have a, a nice game in, in position there. So maybe we'll get it working there. Yep. All right. Next up, we got wagon and B funk three and four for wagon four and three for B funk. This is a big game to uh, get these guys solidified in one of those bottom seeds. Wagon has 15, 16 points from uh, Matt Ryan also has agent Peterson, Josh Jacobs, Mike Williams. Um, he's got Anthony Ferkser, T Higgins and Josh Allen. And then he's got a couple of, uh, spots here to throw in Marquise Brown. He's got uh, Devonte Parker. He's got to fill in mm. for LaVisca Chenault at uh, wide receiver there. So again, yeah. Ryan Peterson, Jacobs, Williams, Chenault is out, but he's got Ferkshire, T Higgins, Allen, and then one of Devonte Parker or Marquise Brown. Yeah. He's got some good options. It looks like uh, I like the Higgins play this week. Um, I think also if Jacobs can step up and, you know, perform like a running back, I think he'll be in Jeez. good shape. But as far as I, the last I heard, Gruden said that Jacobs is pretty banged up right now. So, you know, he might, he might just be dealing with some nagging injuries and we're halfway through the season. So that's expected from running backs at this point. Well, I hate to say this like negatively, cause I don't want the guy to be hurt. I actually super root for Josh Jacobs as like a human being. Um, 
but he better be injured or he just straight up is not good this year. Yeah. Um, he's he had 25 attempts, 27 attempts in the first two weeks. And he had 16, 15, 23 versus Kansas city. They got that win with two touchdowns, but just 10 last week for 40, yeah. uh, 49% snap share. So he's not even out there half the time. So he could definitely be beat up, which is, uh, no good. Unfortunately, let's move yep. to the other side here. Be funk rolling out drew Brees, Malcolm Brown, uh, looks like, uh, Williams for green Bay, uh, Aaron Jones going to be out again this week. Still rolling with the uh, double stack here for the Cowboys, C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper, your boy Gronkowski, and uh, uh, let's see, A.J. Brown and Adam Thielen. Yeah, I think Brown is obviously the best play here. Uh, very unique uh, situation with the with the Cowboys stack. I'm pretty sure uh, Cooper is going to be shadowed by Darius Slay all game. Mm-hmm. Who has so, dominated him, honestly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Slay, yes. Slay I, I don't know. has dominated Cooper, yeah. For real, dude, yeah. So I, I'm just very – yeah, I'm a little concerned with the lineup this week. But you know what, man? I, I, you know, I've been wrong, so we'll see what happens. Unfortunately, Curtis Samuel on his bench with 21 fantasy <laughs> points. Forgot that's about a, him. Running back a, one. The running back one for the Panthers, correct. That's a tough one to wear. <laughs> he does have a Dalton Schultz if he's got to throw in another flex um, for one sure. of those guys. But I think he's got the uh, the best roster he can – he can muster at least with, uh, again, sure. all these bye weeks and injuries. That's the thing, yeah. Why not? Yeah, so. bye, week, bye weeks and injuries, man. Everyone's just, you know, dealing with it. So Big right now. All right, Ulysses and Josh, the commission representative. Big one here. Ulysses at four and three. Josh at six and one. They're pretty much, uh, they're pretty much um, tied as far as the projection goes. And Josh has already uh, utilized Hayden Hurst for ten and a half points. Ulysses has got Aaron Rodgers, Dalvin Cook, Miles Gaskin, Devontae Adams, uh, Kenny Galladay, Jared Cook, Brandon Ayuk, and Carson Wentz. Yeah, nice team. Um, I'm also liking the emergence of uh, Carson Wentz in the fantasy world here. So, uh, and he's at, he, you know, he's getting some healthy players back, and he's up against Dallas, which is always a get-right game for fantasy. So, he's looking he's looking much better than I think uh, we all thought he was going to be at the beginning of the season. I wrote up my starts of the week for the quarterback position for fantasy football state of mind, which I do every week. Go check them out. They're absolutely phenomenal at fantasy football state of mind on Instagram, like 45,000 followers or something. They're an incredible group. Anyway, I wrote up their uh, start of the week for quarterbacks and Carson Wentz was my guy. And literally the first sentence is, if you've listened to my podcast over the last two years, you know that I've been fading Carson Wentz. I did not draft him. I've not streamed him. I don't use him for DFS. But look, the reality is he's been productive with no help and he might get Jalen Rager back. He should be getting Alshon Jeffrey back soon. He's going to get Dallas Goddard, who just got reactivated off of the IR. He's got Richard Rodgers. They might get Zach Ertz or if Zach Ertz gets traded, they might bring in somebody else. Miles Sanders will be back eventually. Uh, He's done a lot with a little, so I think it's only going to get better. Plus, he runs. My issue is 10 interceptions on the season, uh, but he does have uh, five rushing touchdowns, which is Second in the league with Cam Newton behind uh, only Kyler Murray. So very yeah. impressive there for uh, Carson Wentz. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with everything you're saying, man. And just to kind of recap on that last point, which is like he's done a lot with a little. I do think like his worst days are behind him. Like he had an absolute brutal beginning of the season. The whole team did really. But yeah, I think they're starting to get healthy. Uh, and they're, you know, again, they're in a weak division. So I think all that helps him. I totally agree. And he does have a great schedule moving on after this. He has Dallas this week, which is obviously nice now. Got a bye week for everyone to get healthy. Then he's got the Giants, the Browns, the Seahawks, the Packers, Saints, Cardinals, and Dallas in the championship game. So Mm -hmm. uh, definitely, Mm -hmm. definitely looking good here. All right, let's move on to the other side here. Josh is rolling out Tannehill, 
James Conner, Alvin Kamara, Robert Woods, Keenan Allen, Hayden Hurst already went, Jonathan Taylor, and Justin Herbert. Yeah, he's got some good plays. Uh, who's the Who's the first? Is it the first running back you mentioned? I think James, he's got a James Conner. James Conner, yeah, yeah. James Conner's got a tough matchup, I think, against Baltimore. It'll be interesting to see how they use him uh, in the past. Um, my guess is they'll use him in the passing game quite often. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, yeah, he's a good, good team. I mean, you know, his record speaks for himself. So it just depends on the matchups this week. I think you know his team on paper is solid. Every one of these guys is startable in every fantasy league. However. Connor's got a tough matchup at Baltimore. Alvin Kamara mm-hmm. is Alvin Kamara. He'll be fine, but he's at Chicago. Chicago's defense has been incredible. Robert Woods is at Miami. That secondary is fantastic. And they have been shutting down this year. Keenan mm-hmm. Allen versus Denver could get beat up a little bit as well. And my boy, Justin Herbert might get a little stunted with his first game up in the snow and in the altitude in Denver as well. So mm-hmm. it looks good on paper, but if these guys slip, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Dalvin cook, Devonte Adams, Keenan Allen on the other side, uh, this could be a little bit of a trap game for, for your boy, Josh. So we'll see what happens there. All right. Wolfpack versus Mamba forever. Both teams at three and four needing a dub here. Mike Davis and Robbie Anderson already went for Wolfpack and Teddy B goes for Mamba for Wolfpack side. We got Goff, uh, Kareem Hunt, Mike Evans, Hunter Henry, Boston Scott and Lamar Jackson left. Um, yeah. So <laughs> One last week of Mike Evans, I think, until until uh, AB comes in. So that'll be fun to watch him play. Uh, it actually be interesting to see how how the whole team adjusts when AB comes back. But yeah, it's it's uh you know I wonder how he's feeling with uh, or or I wish I should say all Mike Evans owners are feeling with uh, with AB coming. Without uh, Chris Godwin this week, though, it should be heavy. Should be the it, Evans show. Honestly, what everyone's hoping is Mike Evans goes for a hundred yards and a touchdown or two. I would immediately sell him trade immediately, him. Yep. immediately trade him because once AB comes in, they're going to eat each other at least. And it might be AB and then Godwin's going to have his role. Gronk has his role. Mike Evans is the wide receiver 20 by touchdowns only. You don't want to rely on that moving forward. So uh, that's a little bit tough. A uh, couple bench plays potentially Chris here, just to get your thoughts. Um, we have Boston Scott in the flex position going up against Dallas, but Boston Scott would have been basically nothing last week if he didn't catch that last second touchdown. So he's also got Gio Bernard, who's going to be playing for Joe Mixon, who is out. He's got Joshua Kelly. He's got T.Y. Hilton, and he's also got Sterling Shepard and Jerry Judy. So a lot of Mm -hmm. different options. Who, if anybody, would you swap in for Boston Scott in that flex position? Well, I was just going to say Boston Scott was the, was the start of the week for me in the playbook, depending on, you know, your, your situation. So mm-hmm. as a flex star, I do like Boston Scott the most, but if not, as long as Mixon doesn't play, and we talked about this guy, as long as Mixon doesn't play, I like Geo um, for any format, really. He is ruled out officially. And again, mm. uh, I think just, you know, you and I clock in here on this podcast and we try to get up to date as we possibly can. Um, I read that Joe Mixon was out just before I got on here. And obviously Mike Thomas came across the board as well. So Geo should get that full complement of touches. Um, but again, yep. I mean, you never know with the, with the matchups here. Yep. All right. And I think Lamar Jackson's a little bit, I mean, you don't sit Lamar Jackson, but up against Pittsburgh could be, uh, could be tricky there as well. All right. Mm-hmm. Mamba on the other side, Teddy B already went for 11 points there. Uh, good to see him return to the game. If you watch the game, uh, he got hit hard going down and got kind of got hit twice and left the game for a while, but, but did come back thankfully. So good to see that Teddy Bridgewater already went Derek Henry. Uh, we have Deontay Johnson, assuming he plays Scotty Miller, Richard Rogers, Richard Higgins, 
Cole Beasley, and then we need a running back here for uh, Miles Sanders. I think that's going to have to be DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I like the DeAndre Swift play. I mean, AP is, is kind of a menace uh, for the Lions backfield, but I mean, in a PPR format, I like that situation. Um, yeah, and then, and then I think uh, – who, who, sorry, who did you mention in the top half of the uh, running back core? Uh, Derrick Henry. Yeah, Derrick Henry. I mean, Derrick Henry is, you know, he's matchup proof as far as I'm concerned. So and going yeah, good, up against go, going up against the Bungles and uh, yeah, Derrick gonna... Henry. And there could be there could be a heavy wind in this game as well throughout the Midwest. There's a couple games um, potentially like the Cleveland game and and uh, and the Cincinnati game. So if Derrick Henry gets 30 touches, which he will anyway, um, against this defense later on the game, I mean, he could have another one of his 200 yard performances. So yeah, that's exactly. uh that's automatic as well. All right. Two more here in the rookie division. Then we'll get into the vets. Weston has 7.2 points from Calvin Ridley, who unfortunately went out with a uh, ankle sprain. Hopefully it's not any worse than that. I haven't heard any worse yet uh, going up against Jake care six and one Weston's got to bounce back here again, three, no to start the season. Oh, and four in the last four games. Russell Wilson, CEH, David Montgomery, Tyreek Hill, Calvin really already went, Gerald Everett, Chase Claypool, and DK Metcalf. Yeah, he's had a good team here. It actually reminds me a little bit of the team I have in my home league. I have CEH, I have DK, I got David Monty. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I mean, it's one, of the, it's one of these situations where if everyone just has a good game, he should be competitive. A little bit nervous, obviously, with, you know, Lev playing the Jets. You know, who knows what's going to happen there with, with CEH. DK, I mean, I don't expect him to put up eight, eight or nine points like he did last week. So I expect a better game, a rebound game from, from him. Monty struggles to get points, but yet he still ends up with 13 to 14 every week. So um, I expect that to continue. It's just, you know, it's one of those scenarios where these guys are sort of game script dependent and depending how these game scripts flow really will make or break the week for, uh, for, for him and his team. I'm only saying that again, cause I have most of those players in my home league and so far I've been consistent, but you know, it, it really depends on game script for a lot of these guys. I agree. And Tyree kills another guy who he might catch an uh, yep. 80 yard bomb to start to start the, the game, but they may not use them in the second half if the, if exactly. the uh, if the Chiefs are winning by eighty five points. So hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the Jets can keep it competitive. Wait, wait for for clarification as well. Definitely not a trap game for the Chiefs. <laughs> like I said with the Bills last week. Hey, you know what, man? You were close on that. That was yeah. that was. You know, uh, if you listen to the fantasy footballers, Andy Holloway always gives his almost upset of the week, which is not necessarily an upset pick, but like uh, a team that's not supposed to win is going to, you know give a scare to the team who should win and last week was a great almost upset where the jets yeah. played the bills well but they're the jets and they blew it but uh yeah this one <laughs> this one could be a, a six touchdown lead by half for sure sure all exactly. right on the other side jay care your boy tom brady zeke elliott ronald jones stefan diggs tyler boyd george kittle mark andrews and joe burrow yeah, so I expect a bounce back game from Kittle and I expect a bounce back game from Zeke. Uh, Joe Burrow is going to be an interesting case this week, primarily because three of the offensive linemen got injured. So I don't know what they're going to do as far as offensive linemen go this week. And I don't know if Burrow is going to be running for his life. He could end up having a good game primarily from running on the ground. Like he might be scrambling through the pocket and just like taking off most of the game. Um, I doubt, I doubt they'll be able to protect him. They couldn't protect him much anyways. And so, and then they've, they've lost guys. So it's, I'm, I'm very interested to see how the Bengals play this week with, you know, lack of depth on the offensive line. 
and in the backfield with Gio Bernard, right? I mean, they don't right. have Joe Mixon, exactly. and I think uh, they're just gonna have to three-step drop and chuck it the entire game to uh, keep up with the uh, with the Titans. So we'll, we'll see right. what happens. All right, let's move on to the last matchup of the of the rookie division. Then we'll get into a quick commercial break in the vets. Megatron going up against Sack Attack. Megatron at three and four. Sack Attack two and five. Julio Jones going for twenty points already for uh, Megatron there. Pat Mahomes. Gus Edwards getting the start over Mark Ingram against Pittsburgh. Philip Lindsay, assuming he plays after a concussion protocol scare. Tyler Lockett, Julio Jones already went. Noah Fant, John Brown, and Big Ben. Yeah, good team. Um, again, I think a little bit game strip dependent with some of these guys. John Brown, as an example, Gus Edwards is an example. So, uh, yeah, as long as these teams just kind of give consistent workflow and volume, uh, they should be good to go. I think this. I think this could be a you know could be a competitive competitive lineup this week. I asked Lucas this yesterday. I'm curious just to get your quick thoughts on this. If both running backs are healthy, who do you prefer in fantasy out of the Denver running backs, Philip Lindsay and uh, Melvin Gordon? I like Philip Lindsay. He, he was very good against the Pats when they played. Um, yeah. I've never been a big Melvin Gordon guy, to be honest. Uh, you know, even when he, you know, even when he was healthy, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't see it being something that, uh, I feel comfortable with. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with Lindsay. I think he's scrappier. I think he works harder. Um, I don't think he's had anything given to him. And that includes, you know, just game to game, play to play. I think he earns it. Love it. All right. On the other side, sack attack is in trouble this week. And this is just something that happens in fantasy. I dealt with it last week in one of my leagues where literally like six of my starters happened to be on by last week and they're not guys I'm willing to drop. So I kind of just had to eat the loss. So, Mm -hmm. Quick, I'm going to run down the roster, and, and Sack Attack is just screwed because he's got uh, Garner Minshew, Jer- uh, J.D. McKissick, DeAndre Hopkins, and Chris Godwin all out. He's also got uh, David Johnson, Chase Edmonds out as well on bye week. So he literally doesn't even have enough to field the team. Now, Chris, you're the commission podcast. I'd like to ask you this question. Do you require in any uh, leagues that you commission, do you require uh, teams – load up a full roster every single week, no matter what, or are you okay with sack attack, not fielding a team and just taking the L uh, because he doesn't have players that he's willing to drop, you know, to, to just fill up his space with, with one week guys. Now this is a little bit different than our conversation last week, which is don't be the one that doesn't, you know, fill up your roster. If he had Dak Prescott and, you know, um, uh, uh, Nick Chubb still in his lineup, that would be obviously, cake eater but this is just legit his whole team happens to be on a buy yeah. this week are you okay with it there how would you handle this as a commission no i think it's fine i don't think there's any issues at all you know it's one of those things where you're you're accepting the defeat just because you can't feel the team i don't think it's anything that um <clears throat> he would have done differently or i even i would have done differently if i had players like he has like i'm not going to drop god when i'm not going to drop uh new copkins like there's just guys that you know you have to suck up and if you can't feel the team well he's probably He's probably just you know going into the week knowing that that's the case. So no, you know it's just 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 roll with it. Not not a problem. And to be fair, you know that's what's interesting about our home league. We play total points, not head to head. So mm-hmm. this would affect the overall standings on a overall points type of league. In this case, he's just getting a, a you know a loss, and it seems like he can likely rebound from that. So not a problem. Yeah, I I, I totally agree there actually. And I've had a couple people come through the DMs with like this guy didn't do this and this guy didn't do that. And, and I'm just like, you know, it, it's always different, but it, it, uh, it's the time of year, man, where like people are scrapping for wins and it's always the competitor. Like, of course, if I'm playing you and you don't feel the team, I'm all about it. 
but everybody sure. else in the league is like, dude, what the fuck? Chris didn't feel the team, you know? So it, it always kind of comes up and, and can get a little bit, a uh, little bit. Yeah, hurt. sure. All right, man, we're going to get into the vets quickly, but first quick commercial break, Chris, everybody knows you by now, but for semantics to pay the bills, let everyone know where they can find you and your playbook. Yeah, of course. So yeah, go check us out on our podcast, uh, the Kabish Fantasy Football Podcast on all the notable platforms, mainly Apple, Google, and Spotify, but we're also on Amazon Music and Stitcher and all these other places. So yeah, go check us out there. Um, we do also have a playbook. It's a weekly newsletter. It comes out on Tuesdays. You can get it and subscribe for it on our website, www.thecommissbrand.com. Just put your name in, your email address. It comes and drops every Tuesday. And then, of course, follow us on social media, uh, on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at the Commission FFP. Perfect. Go get it for free, folks. It's a lot of help, and it comes every Tuesday. I get mine, and there's always some nuggets in there. Find the TCK pod, of course. Leave a five-star review and an honest comment. And find us on social media, Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod and Twitter at TCK underscore pod. All the rankings and articles at tckpod.com. All right, Chris, let's roll into the Vets League. I'm going to go through last week's results, and we'll get into this coming week. I got a big W, a much-needed one of the – actually, let me just double-check. Highest score on the week, actually, finally. Uh, My team is bouncing back for some injuries uh, recently, which is nice. I got a huge win over Lucas, defending champion and a fellow podcast host here on the TCK pod, which felt good. He falls to 5-2. and I moved to 3-4. and I'm clawing back into relevance. 188 to 124 over him. And then we had uh, Hawk Dolliday over Paul, 101 to 77, four and three for Hawk Dolliday, three and four for Paul. No so for you gets the win over D. Stancato, 122 to 110, four and three to three and four. Curly gets the win against Drew Reb there and moves to three and four. Drew Reb falls to two and five, 103 to 67. And then Brady for Prez gets the win over Pelkey, moves to four and three. Pelkey falls to two and five, 138 to 114. And Hayden Zeke in a, in a barn burner, two of the biggest scores on the week, but Hayden Zeke got the best of you there, 182 to 146. You guys, you guys fall to four and three. Hayden Zeke stays up at the top at five and two. Let's move into the week eight matchups here. We'll start with mine off the top and then we'll end with yours per usual. I already have seven points from Calvin Ridley. I was hoping for about three times that much, but of course he went down <laughs> early after only three receptions for 42 yards. Um, but Calvin Ridley puts out 7.2 before he goes out. Hopefully he's not injured seriously in general. And uh, I went up against Gurley with 10 and a half points there for Brady for Prez. I'm at three and four. He's at four and three. Here we go. I'm rolling out Tannehill, Kareem Hunt, Jamichael Hasey for now. Calvin Ridley already went. Tyler Boyd. Harrison Bryant, my dog, picked him up in Love like it. 12 leagues and he crushed last week. Devontae Adams and Justin Herbert. Yeah, I love it, dude. Tay Adams might end up with another 100-point game. So uh, That's I, think you're ro- I think you're rolling with him. He might have like 30 targets again. <laughs> I just Minnesota is just not a very good, good defense. Tyler Boyd might end up with 30 targets against Tennessee. Yeah, good team, man. I, 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 like, your, I like your team right now. Excellent. I do have a couple bye guys. Um, I've got <laughs> Joe Mixon on the bench. Um, how about this uh, IR slot for for uh, me? I got Raheem Mostert, Nick Chubb, and uh, Joe Mixon on the on the IR, doing Take pretty that, good yeah. for my my <laughs> IR running backs leading the league there. Um, I do have uh, Travis Fulgham, AJ Green uh, on the bench there. I was considering, uh, but I think I'm going to roll with with who I've got there. Okay, let's go with Brady for Prez here. Jimmy G, uh, James Conner, Gurley already went. Mike Williams, Scotty Miller, George Kittle. Um, Damian Harris for the Patriots and Big Ben. 
Yeah, good team. Some some tough matchups, I would say, uh, in some in some of these players. Um, you know, the, for example, Scotty Miller. I mean, look, the Giants team is not very good, but they're not bad on defense, and so that secondary might, is solid. Yeah, they are. They 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 just are. You know, and and, and so you know, Scotty Miller is he's really hot and cold. So hopefully, he can get some points here. James Conner again, obviously up against Baltimore. Uh, Gurley played all right, not not too bad. I, I'm thinking Garoppolo and Kittle should have good games against Seattle. That's I think where he's going to make his money this week. Seattle is the worst team against wide receivers and pass catchers in general. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the Niners can get it done. I, I, I hope that for sure. Let's move yep. on to Hawk Dolliday and Hayden Zeke. Hayden Zeke, again, the uh, big win over Kamish last week, moves a five and two. Hawk Dolliday at four and three. This is a big one up at the top of the rankings here. 20 points already from Julio Jones for Hayden Zeke. For Hawk Dolliday, Lamar Jackson, Ronald Jones, Miles Gaskin. Uh, Allen Robinson in the lineup for now, but battling a concussion, not sure he's going to play against the Saints, so he might have to flop that one out. Adam Thielen, Robert Tunyon, Cooper Cup, and Josh Allen. Let's take a quick look at the bench for a filler for Allen Allen Robinson. And it's probably going to have to be, well, Tim Patrick's hurt too. Um, And he might, he might, yeah, he might have to move a Cooper Cup up and then throw in maybe Justin Jackson or so in the flex. Yeah, and I think he's fielding the best team he can. So hopefully, fingers crossed, no one else gets hurt on this list because I think he's not going to have much, much flex uh, opportunities here, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, he's got potentially a good matchup with Cooper Cup, uh, although Miami is pretty solid on defense there. Miles um, Gaskin, I, I like Miles Gaskin a lot. So, um, and then of course he's got Ronald Jones against the Giants. So it's a uh, you know could could have a good competitive game, but obviously down in the week with uh, Julio Jones having had a big night on Thursday night. What's your general thoughts on Robert Tunyon really quick with Tay Adams back. Aaron Jones is out, but Tunyon had that huge game. So he had a touchdown in three straight games, weeks two, three, and four in week four versus Atlanta, the three touchdowns, of course. But since then he's had six targets, five receptions, 57 yards total, no touchdowns. Uh, Any tight end could catch a touchdown at any point, but he does not seem to be a focal point of this offense. Yeah, that's the thing, right? So the the Packers didn't play very well against the Bucks, and the Bucks defense has really come alive over the last you know three to four games, and so they really sort of peaked against Rodgers and that offense. But I don't know when Tay Adams is back, they just don't seem to need him as much. But and then again, at the same time, they also play Tex the, the the Houston Texans, and Texans aren't very good on defense. So I think you know when push comes to shove, when they're up against like a Minnesota Minnesota's defense ain't great, but like. You know, the 49ers, um, they have the Colts in week 11. They got Chicago in week 12. I think he'll start to see more work uh, when those better defenses come up against, um, you know, come up against the Packers and the Packers are playing competitively. I just think that's the difference in the Bucks game there. They just didn't play very well overall. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough to say. I just think I just think if they're playing good de- or I should say if they're playing easy defenses and Tay Adams is on the field, then he's the guy. Right. But if they're playing competitively and they're up against a good defense. I think, I think Tanyan becomes a more focal vocalized point in that offense. So I wouldn't necessarily give up on him as far as a fantasy play week to week. I a hundred percent agree. And at tight end, you're basically banking on a touchdown. And as we've seen he right. had five and three weeks, so he could get one in any week. And that basically makes you a top 10 tight end. But uh, I get a lot of questions now with him and Higby and people are freaking out. And I'm like, look, man, yeah. that's the nature of, of the tight, tight end. end, if you don't, if you don't yeah. have the consistency, guys, you have to just stream it and, and hope for the best and play the matchup. So mm-hmm, I agree there. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move to Hyden Zeke here. Russell Wilson, Zeke Elliott, Gio Bernard, Julio Jones already went, Tyler Lockett, Darren Waller, 
T. Higgins, and Pahillip Rivers. Yeah, solid team. I mean, across the board, this is kind of what I ran up against last week. We both had ridiculously good weeks, and then he had Lockett just go off for 53 points, which is literally the difference in the, in, in our matchup. So, um, you know, he's got Lockett, he's got Waller, he's got Higgins. I expect all these guys to have good games this week. Thoughts on Zeke in general? <sighs> Dude, I, the Cowboys in general need to need to show a little bit of fight here. I don't know what's going on, and I feel like they're not going to get it back. Like, I'm, I'm fairly certain, like, the pride in that, in that locker room is just gone. Like, like this is one of these things where you didn't realize how valuable Dak was until you didn't have Dak. It's like the girlfriend, you didn't realize how much you loved until she was not there anymore. She is the, she's the one, right? Like Dak's the one. He's the guy giving life to that offense and they just don't have it. And I'm not sure Zeke's that guy. Like, I just don't know that he is like, he'll, he'll play well, like he'll get his points, but I don't think, I think he performs better with Dak in the lineup. So no Dak for the rest of the season. I I don't know how I feel about it. Within the first half of the game that Andy Dalton started two weeks ago for the Cowboys, I posted on Twitter. I was like, is Dak Prescott the MVP of the league? It is the most valuable player. And a lot of people were like, absolutely. Like that makes sense. But other people were like, well, he wasn't winning games. Even when he was Dak, he was throwing for Hmm. 450 yards a week and they were still losing games. And I was like, Oh shit. Like that's true. (laughs) It doesn't take away how, invaluable he is but the difference is russell wilson and dak prescott are like the same right but russell wilson wins games it's not Mm -hmm. dak's fault they're losing games they have no defense the point is the the seahawks win games dak doesn't if the if the cowboys were you know four and one when he went down or whatever uh he might still have a legit case to be mvp without playing 10 games but because they were struggling anyway it's tough to make that case but yeah he's incredible man i hope he returns healthy and It'll be interesting, man. We got this trade deadline coming up on Tuesday. There's going to be a lot of moves and Cowboys got to do something either get rid of Fitz or bring somebody else in, but, or sorry, bring Fitz in or, um, you know, farm out somewhere else, but we'll see. Can, what I, can I throw, can I throw Please. a, a, a dark horse prediction? trade? Yeah. A small prediction. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think we're going to see a potential move where Gilmore goes to the Cowboys in return for some receiver on the, on the Cowboys, maybe named Shmarmari Schmooper. Love it. Michael Gallup apparently is not on the market. Uh, they've come out already and say that Michael Gallup is untradeable. CD yep. lamb is a rookie. They're obviously not going to get rid of him. I could absolutely see that kind of a move happening. Chris, I think that's a great call. Yeah. Now I will say that uh, Gilmore um, was kind of in that COVID situation a couple weeks ago. Now there's trade swirling that he could move, but there's he put also his house like, up. Dude, he, he put his house up <clears throat> on the market. In Boston exactly. Exactly. Area, so. And he, and bad timing, but he tweaked his knee, quote unquote, Mm. in practice the other night. Now he's questionable for the game. This is, and and look, I'm not like Patriots conspiracy theory guy necessarily. (laughs) However, this is Bill Belichick 101 that if if Gilmore's going to leave, they might want to like not risk him getting injured to save his uh, market, if you will. I'm just going to throw that out there. Especially if they're looking at a huge deal like an Amari Cooper or uh, AJ Green even or something. Uh, to move Gilmore um, yep. off that team. And, and look, man, they had a great run, but if the Patriots lose Gilmore on that defense, uh, it could, yeah. <laughs> it could even be worse in new England, man. You might have to, uh-huh. you might have to get that uh, Tom Brady Jersey in Tampa sooner than you uh, predicted, but yep. we'll move on. Yep. I like, I do like the pick though. And I'll hold you to it. All right. No, so for you gets eight and a half points coming in from Mike Davis, who uh, disappointed, but got a lot of, got a lot of work. He uh, is probably done for fantasy outside of any other injury to Christian McCaffrey. We got Drew Brees, Le'Veon Bell, Mike Davis already went. 
New Hopkins and Terry McLaurin on by. So we got to figure out the wide receivers. Chase Claypool is the other receiver there. Travis Kelsey and Joe Burrow. Not really other wide receiving options. He does have Henry Ruggs and Sterling Shepard. I assume he's going to have to play there to fill in for Nuke and Terry McLaurin. Yeah, that's my guess as well. Uh, dude, I mean, I have I have a lot of stock in CEH, so I really hope this doesn't happen, but very excited to see Bell play the Jets this week. I'm like, I'm glued to that game if, 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 I, uh, if I have it locally. How about this? 80 yards minimum and two scores from Le'Veon Bell. Love it. Yeah, I hope so. I really do. I mean, and, I, do CH, so I hope CH gets, gets a tutty, tutty on that situation. But, yeah, if I do see that from Lev, that'd be awesome. I think 90% of that production is going to come with about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, just, might, yeah. <laughs> they're going to take CH out, let Lev just run up as much as he possibly can on the Jets right. because it's the Jets, and he'll accidentally score a touchdown because they'll move the ball plenty. Um, and, you know, keep an eye on Chad Henney, too. He might uh, he might get another rushing score this week, filling in for Mahomes after yeah, the second quarter. Yeah. I hope, All right, uh, other I side hope, here. I was going to say one, one more thing here. I was going to say I, I hope to see a, uh, a situation where Bell gets pushed out into the Jets line, like the, the Jets side of the uh, the field, and he's, you know, he's talking some shit to, uh, to Gase as he's walking out. That'd be awesome. That'd out, be awesome. Out into the, uh, yeah, out into yeah. the, uh, the, the yeah. sideline there. Sure, yeah, yeah. Cool, love it. All right, Brad Pelkey here. We got two and five on the season going with uh, Tua Tungavailoa. NFL debut against the Rams. Love that. Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones is out for this game. He'll have to swap. Mike Evans, Jerry Judy, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, and Baker Mayfield. Let's check out the running back options here. Looks like his best option currently is Devin Singletary. Yeah, I think you got to play Devin Singletary against the Pats right now. They just not been very good on defense. So you Singletary go hasn't been good at all either, though. No, I mean, you have yeah, to for play, sure, but... for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I agree with you, um, but I do think, like, again, some of that's game script uh, dependent in a sense. Um, and, again, I don't know. I just – Pats Pats don't look very good, and, and they, you know uh, – I'd have to go back and check the stats in Singletary, but I always feel like when we watch the Pats versus the Bills up here, he tends to do well. So mm-hmm. it just, you know, it just is what it is. So anyways, yeah, I'd probably, I would probably start Devin Singletary a little nervous about two against the Rams. I think Aaron Donald's going to kill him. It's a possibility he kills him this week. <laughs> he might I, not make it out alive. I agree. And I had mentioned earlier <laughs> in the week that, uh, that, that I think this is just one of those where like, I didn't like the move with Fitzpatrick. So I thought they were playing well and, and uh, whatever, but Bobby and I were talking about it on, uh, on uh, Tuesday that, um, or Wednesday, I should say. Uh, that unfortunately you you end up having this this situation where you throw Tua in the fire against the Rams, but the reality is it's not going to get much worse than that the rest of the season, you know. Right. Um, right. So he's not going to have the shock factor later on. Uh, he played at Alabama against a lot of different NFL talents. Now it's not NFL players at the time, but NFL esque talent. A lot of those guys made it to the league. So I don't. I think also that he's going to struggle mightily in in week one. However. I've been hearing a lot of reports about how difficult it is for a defense to play a left-handed quarterback. And mm. think if you're a baseball person, think about the difference between a, a batter batting right-handed is to face a right-handed pitcher versus a left-handed pitcher. And there are like semantics, like it's just different arm angles it's different, whatever. Now with a, a left-handed quarterback, the, you know, a lot of people are comparing kind of the, the reason Mike Vick was so successful throwing was that he was able to break the pocket on another side. So mm. strong side linebackers now become weak side linebackers and strong side defensive ends become weak side defensive ends and the tackle switch. And like, it just throws off the whole yeah. thing when you're playing the other side of the field. So I'm not sure. saying Tua, Tua is going to like surprise these guys or whatever. It's not that big of a deal, but it could mix it up enough to break free, make a couple of plays. Um, 
and see what happens there. So I'm just I, I don't think they have a chance because I think the Rams will run them either way. But uh, it could be interesting. This game is in Miami, so I'm rooting for the kid. I hope he does well. But uh, yeah, we shall see. All right, let's go with Curly and DeStancato, a uh, matchup of my two original co-hosts on the TCK pod many moons ago when we started. Curly at three and four. DeStancato also at three and four. Curly's rolling out Aaron Rodgers. CEH, David Montgomery, DK Metcalf, Kenny Galladay, Jonu Smith, Deontay Johnson, and Jared Goff. Yeah, a lot of again, I, I kind of mentioned this in my uh, in my rundown of the of the rookie league. A lot of the a lot of the same guys I have in my in my home league. So you know, CEH, David Monty, DK Metcalf. Again, a lot of these guys are kind of game trip dependent. So as long as they get the volume, they should be good and he should be competitive. He already has. Um, a pretty solid percentage lead in terms of projections mm-hmm. over D, D Stancato. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, again, game script dependent, but it should, should be a good, good matchup. On the other side, we're rolling out Derek Carr, Melvin Gordon, Adrian Peterson, Jarvis Landry, Marvin Jones, Evan Ingram, Robert Woods, and Carson Wentz. Yeah. I mean, Wentz I think has, you know, probably the best matchup. A lot of, uh, a lot of situations I'm not in love with. Like I'm not in love with AP. I'm not in love with Melvin Gordon. Uh, am I in love with Evan Ingram? I don't know. Probably not. Um, maybe Jarvis Landry with OBJ out is probably the best, uh, you know, best, best, uh, lineup player, I should say, uh, that he has. So yeah, not, not, not loving it. Two other names here that could be potential. Um, he's got Devonte Parker and Marquise Brown as wide receivers, tough matchups, but mm. should have high market shares. If you wanted to look at, I don't know, personally, I would maybe swap out Robert Woods. I know it sounds crazy, but if you had a better option, I think that secondary for Miami is legit. And we saw the bears absolutely shut down the Rams last week. So that might be kind of a sneaky play there. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Let's move on here. We got two matchups left. We're going with Paul and Lucas. Uh, Paul has 20 fantasy points coming from Robbie Anderson and Hayden Hurst. And Lucas has 18 coming from, Teddy B and DJ Moore, who was absent until the last five plays, which is dumb as hell, but that's another conversation. <laughs> All right. Paul is rolling out uh, Pat Mahomes, Darrell Henderson, Dalvin cook, Robbie Anderson already went, Brandon Ayuk, Hayden Hurst already went Juju and Cam Newton. Yeah. I like the Ayuk play. Uh, interesting situation with Juju, man. He, uh, he kind of came alive last week. We had you on the mm-hmm. commission pod and we went starts and sits and, I think one of your sits was Juju. Blew and, up on and my face. It, yeah. Well, well, you know, it's, but I don't think anyone really blames you for that sit because he's really just not been a good wide receiver all season. And even his mm-hmm. kind of breakout game was only like 17 points. So, you know, now he's up against Baltimore, has a tough matchup. So we'll see what happens there. And then Cam Newton, we really don't know what we'll get out of him uh, without the lack of weapons in, in um, or what I should say, with the lack, lack of weapons in New England. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. This is a interesting team you got here. Juju had a season high on targets, receptions, and yards with 14, 9, and 85. He scored two touchdowns in the first week versus the Giants to give him 24 fantasy points, which is the most he's had since uh, last week, but, um, or, you know, as opposed to last week. But again, I think that was the right Mm -hmm. call. We mentioned on your episode that it was about the process. The process says Juju's not going to get the work. Deontay Johnson left the game again. He had a ton of targets. Boom. What are you going to do? But uh, I'll leave yep. that one. Cause it was a, it was a whoopsies, but um, I no, would have done it a hundred times over 10, you know? Yeah. Same, same on my end too. I don't think anyone would have disagreed. So got it. 
All right, Lucas rolling out here. He's going with uh, Drew Locke, DeAndre Swift, Derrick Henry, DJ Moore already went, T.Y. Hilton, Mark, Mark Andrews, Keenan Allen, and Teddy B already went as well. Yeah, uh, and on his bench, he's got Madison. I think, you know, obviously with Dalvin Cook back, you don't play him. He's got Josh Kelly. He's got C.D. Lamb. Yeah, he's rolling out the best lineup he can have or can put together. But, yeah, unfortunately, D.J. Moore didn't produce well. I don't know what we'll get out of uh, T.Y. Hilton. Mark Andrews is up against a good defense in Pittsburgh. D. Swift is up against a good defense in uh, in Indianapolis. Um, and Darius Leonard is back as well. I think, obviously, you know, he needs to hope for a good game from uh, Derrick Henry. But, you know, if, if Drew Locke can keep up against the Chargers and um, Keenan Allen, you know, can, can keep up against Denver, I think he could have a competitive week. But, yeah, not not a ton of great options here, I think. I agree. I agree. Gonna am be I, a am, tough I, am I reading that? Yeah, am I reading that? Am I reading that right? Like, or, or am I just kind of overthinking it a little bit? No, no, I think, I think yeah. you're spot on. I am – I'm – I'm worried about Drew Locke uh, just because I think that Chargers defense is not amazing, but they're they're not terrible. DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift has scored the last couple of weeks, but it's still Adrian Peterson's backfield. Derrick Henry might save him here with 30 points by himself, so that's helpful. Yeah. T.Y. Hilton could have a, a long touchdown. He got overthrown a couple times last week, um, and Phillip Rivers is just so bad. I mean, he's just he's just he's a great game manager, but he can't throw the ball downfield anymore. Phillip Rivers is what everyone thought Tom Brady was going to be. He's a great game manager, but he can't throw the ball downfield. Clearly, Tom has no problem throwing the ball downfield. They just don't have to, and he isn't. Mm-hmm. Like, Rivers is chucking it constantly and overthrowing guys, throwing picks. It's just sloppy and not going to work. Mark Andrews yeah. against Pittsburgh. I'm worried about anybody against Pittsburgh. And Keenan Allen could have 15 catches as well um, as they don't have Chris Harris anymore. Uh, Chris Harris, obviously, on the Chargers, no longer going against Keenan Allen. And – Chris Harris used to destroy Keenan Allen, frankly. Uh, they're teammates now, so he no longer has to worry about that. So I think that could be a plus as well. So Lucas could get away with it, but Paul's got some firepower over here, man. Dalvin Cook coming off of a bye, Patrick Mahomes. Um, Brandon, you could expect a big game from Juju's hit or miss now. And look, if Cam Newton runs the ball 20 times for fantasy, that's a cheat code. So I like that. Yeah, sure. No, I totally, totally agree with you. And just to just to kind of add one more thing on the Philip Rivers side and the Tom Brady comparison, I mean, to be fair, the one guy's got 25 kids, the other one only has three. So <laughs> I think that has that's got to play a toll, right? I mean, I totally, I totally agree. That, <laughs> yeah, that that is uh... in the TV 12 <clears throat> method. If you read the book, it does say don't have 25 kids. So it's somewhere in there. It's like one of the paragraphs. Can you imagine the Halloween preparation in the Rivers household? <laughs> I mean, Any for preparation. Real, any preparation in the Rivers household is so, must be so, a task. So for seriously, he has nine kids, yeah. and they're all different ages from fucking high school to preschool. And he's got to get. Oh my god, dude! His wife is a saint. I'm gonna throw that Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yep. He, he better. Yeah. Oh man, she's uh, <laughs> she deserves a prize for sure. All right, let's move on to the last matchup of the week here: Drew Reb versus the Commish. Commission four and three. Drew Reb at two and five. Drew Reb is rolling out Kirk Cousins, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor. Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Hunter Henry, Justin Jefferson, and Noah Fant. Yeah, so we are four and three. I don't know how we're four and three. And we're up against two and five. Drew Reb has the healthy lineup, and I don't have the healthy lineup. So, I, you know, <laughs> we're just, what am I, you know, I going to do here? This is the second week in a row where I've, you know, I'm lining up dudes that I hope play well. That's pretty much it. And so, yeah, his lineup's healthy. He's got good guys. Uh, JT, if Jacobs plays well, well, I'm fucked because I got, you know, Lindsey and, and, and James White as my two lead running backs this week. So, 
Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm venting at this point. Little, little, a little bit of a struggle. And I mean, Justin Jefferson has been going off lately. Noah Fant, when healthy, is a target hog. Uh, Hunter Henry's been playing well. Tyreek Hill can win a week with a catch. Stephon Diggs. Diggs, especially yeah. if, especially if, uh, if you know Gilmore is quote unquote injured, uh, or they're sitting him to keep his stock high for a trade. And Stephon Diggs is is set to run loose. I mean, your boy Josh Allen might have a field day against the Patriots here. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think Drew Reb is. He's in good shape so far. Let's check out your team as well. Matt Ryan went for 16 points. Was hoping for more of that. They, the Falcons, I don't get it, dude. They go from their own yep. 20, their own 20 to the opponent's 20 in like three plays. It's yep. just 80 yards, fucking boom, 60 yards, no problem. They get into the red zone of the opponent, and it's just overthrows to Julio in the end zone. Calvin Ridley on a two-yard slant. You know, Gurley gets blown up for a four-yard gain, and they kick a fucking field goal. It's just... Young Way Koo's the real MVP. That's basically what it comes up to. All right. Philip (laughs) Lindsay battling a concussion may not even play, unfortunately. James White has just been James White so far this year. AJ Brown, Kendrick Bourne, love that sleeper pick there for the Niners. Great move. TJ Hawkinson, Cole Beasley, and Tom Brady. Let's see if you have any help on the bench. You have Michael Thomas out, Will Fuller out, (laughs) Mike, uh, Miles Sanders out, Chris Carson most likely out, Austin Hooper out. And uh, Anthony Miller could potentially play for you, but you have nowhere to put him. Uh, yep. Yeah, man, that's, you're a little bit, little bit stuck, unfortunately. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm just, I'm just thankful we're four and three. You know, we can minimum, you know, we can get away with another week potentially of losing and still make the playoffs. But yeah, I need some of my guys to get healthy because I can't even trade them. Like nobody wants broken players. So I have to stick, <laughs> I, I have to stick with them until some of these guys like can actually get healthy and play. Once they play, I think we have a good team, but I just, you know, we can't get healthy. Man, I am so curious to see what happens when Michael Thomas actually comes back if he does Ugh, this year. He's, he's, he, he and CMC are either going to catapult teams who are three and four, four and three, five and two, and they're just going to run the table and smash, or mm-hmm. they're going to tank them because you're going to play Michael Thomas every game he's healthy. You're going to play CMC every game he's healthy, which we, which we did with Nick Chubb and, or excuse me, um, Melvin or fuck Alvin Kamara and Saquon Barkley last year when they had that high ankle sprain. And, you know, they were still good because they get all of the work for their team, but they were not what you drafted them at. So if Michael Thomas is a wide receiver too every, every week and Christian McCaffrey gets you 15, 15 and not 25 points. Yep. It's dude. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with those two guys in particular uh, this season with everyone holding on to them or trading big for them or whatever, mm-hmm. especially in redraft dynasty is obviously a whole nother method of how you do that but redraft is going to be interesting all right chris well best of luck to you let's get through these quick uh recap of the current standings and we will get out of here the current standings so far in the uh first seven weeks of the listener league veterans hyden zeke and lucas up at the top hyden zeke has 110 more points than lucas so far so he's got uh, far and away the number one slot there in the tiebreaker and we have Hawk Dolliday, Brady for Prez, you, the commish, and Nosa for you all tied in quote unquote second place at four and three. So there's going to be a lot of movement in that position this week. Myself, Curly, Paul, and DeSancato all in quote unquote third place at three and four. So hopefully some of us get some wins. We can move up right away there and then holding down the back, uh, Pelkey and Drew Reb at two and five. So really, I mean, there's only a three game difference between. Uh, first and third place and we still have a good six weeks left so a lot can happen 
moving forward. But Chris, always a pleasure, man. Do you have any Halloween plans this year? I know it's COVID and it's weird. Are you doing any small gathering uh, socially distanced with masks on, of course? Yeah, no, this year we're, we're, you know, we're taking it off really. We, we have, you know, we got an invite for some, for, uh, to hang out with some friends locally and we're going to play some games, watch some movies, but yeah, we're not going to do much. My, my girl, uh, I keep saying this, my, not my girlfriend, my fiance. fiance. Yeah. I've done, I keep doing this. I keep calling her my girlfriend. It's not anymore. It's my fiance. My fiance got invited to this massive party, dude. I don't want to understand what people are doing. Like it's like a Bad party, idea. for like a, a terrible idea. Like a hundred people were invited and she, I'm like, no, let's not do this. Bad idea. So we're not doing that. We're going to stay local. A um, couple of friends, you know, three or four of us, and we're just going to hang out. Well, well done on being responsible, man. I do appreciate that. And I know that earlier in the summer, uh, when this first started, uh, we had interviewed each other for an interview series, which I'd like to do again this upcoming summer because we've really sure. grown our relationship. But um, I remember you interviewed me at the beginning of this. It was like March or something. And I remember kind yeah. of being like, it's weird and we don't know. And now all of a sudden it's like, bro, you're having a party? Like, what the fuck? You know, know. just <laughs> be, be smart, man, regardless of what you believe in all this stuff and politics aside, it's just like, look, dude, regardless, it's not the time of year to get sick. That's what it comes nope. down to. Don't be stupid. Don't put your family at risk. Stay home. You can party in two years and you know, whatever we'll get back mm-hmm. to it. So best wishes to you, man. Happy Halloween and spirit of the, uh, of the holiday. I know that y'all enjoy that in a normal circumstance. So I wish you and Marissa and the boys the best, have a lot of fun, make sure to hydrate while you're eating all that candy and uh, be safe out there, man. It's always a pleasure. Please one more time, tell the TCK Potters where we can find all your content. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate you always having us on here uh, and, and obviously joining the commission pod when, uh, you know, when you can as well. So yeah, of course, anybody that is interested, go check us out over at the Kamish Fantasy Football Podcast on all of the notable platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, all that stuff. Uh, And then, of course, go sign up and subscribe to the newsletter over on our website, www.thecommishbrand.com. Put your name and your email address. You'll get that every Tuesday. It's totally free, and we just curate a bunch of content, things that you might have missed from the uh, the weekend beforehand and what to expect in the week ahead and so that's really what the what the newsletter is meant to do and then of course go follow us on all of our notable platforms on social media at the commish ffp twitter instagram and tiktok love it appreciate you always coming on man this is episode 294 give us a five-star review right here on the podcast we much appreciate it give us an honest review as well follow us on instagram at fantasy football underscore tck pod on twitter at tck underscore pod find our rankings and articles at tckpod.com And we'll catch you next week for the week eight recaps going into week nine. We hope you all have a very healthy, safe, and fun as best you can make it. Uh, Enjoyable Halloween. Take care of yourself and each other. Chris, we will talk to you next time, man. Always a pleasure. For Chris Benavides and the Commish FFP crew, I'm your host, Sky Guasco. Happy Halloween, folks. We'll see you next time. We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.